beyond humanity. It is the dawn of the 23rd century, and humanity has created its final tool. In Neo-Athens, a futuristic city towering in scientific achievement, the first silicon interface neurochip has been crafted with what those of old called artificial intelligence. It is a monumental discovery so immense that its implementation will have tremendous consequences for the future of humanity. This chip, by being linked to the human nervous system through the brain, has the capability to enhance brain functioning beyond the imaginable. It will allow humans to be more efficient in thought processes, vastly more intelligent in areas of mathematics, logical analysis, and various other forms of information processing. This neurochip, capable of regulating bodily homeostasis and affecting brain function through an array of electric stimulations and chemical releases, will essentially be capable of prolonging life indefinitely by suppressing aging processes, as well as orchestrating cellular regrowth. The ultimate capabilities of this scientific great work are unknown. Perhaps this invention is the realization of tales as ancient as those of the Philosopher's Stone, or perhaps it is the fulfillment of the Book of Revelation, the initiation of Armageddon. Eureka! 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 exclaimed Hephaestus with feverish excitement. I have found it. I have created a masterpiece, my magnum opus. I have brought upon the new age, the age of the post-human. Oh, how they laughed at me, how they mocked and ridiculed my ideas. They called me a weakling. They accused me of madness and even jeered at my crippling deformities. Then after all I had done for them, after all the research I contributed, they cast me out of their royal society. But now they will be begging me to rejoin. Isn't that right, Prometheus? Yes, of course, Prometheus responded with his bright eloquence. We have worked tirelessly on this. We have given our heart and soul into this creation. Surely those at the Royal Society will be consumed by regret for how they treated you, he remarked with an air of certainty, as he marveled over the luminous neurochip. Are you ready for the procedure? he asked with a serious but caring tone. Ah, yes. I have been ready for this since as early as I can remember. Man has been seeking to find God through religion, but I will become God through science. The face is proclaimed as he laughed hysterically, with an intensity that echoed through the cold, fluorescent laboratory. There was a certain ominous quality in the air that night, a quality infused with a sense of eeriness that permeated the blue, moonlit corridors. The excitement in this laboratory, however, was tangible. Throughout the room, there was an electric anticipation, as happens when man creates something truly extraordinary, something that invokes mystery, something in the presence of which onlookers are awed. When you gaze long into the abyss... The abyss also gazes into you, Prometheus quoted with a hint of precaution in his hushed voice. This truly is a momentous occasion, but be careful that you do not become consumed by this abyss that we now look into. You were my mentor, and the greatest teacher I have had in this great art of arts. To truly create a self-aware being is the work of deity, and we have in this sense surpassed this limitation of humans, he said with pride as he lightly lifted the quarter-sized neurochip to inspect it. We face uncertainty to this day. Not only is this the dawn of electronic self-awareness, but it is also the day of union between organic and inorganic life. Through this, the whole of humanity will transcend itself, becoming something entirely new in its evolution, Prometheus announced with a spark of inspiration in his eyes. The whole of humanity? Hephaestus roared with unexpected force. Ha! What is this nonsense that you speak? This invention cannot be shared freely with all. That simply isn't right. Look how the masses act. Do you really think ordinary people would know what to do with eternal life? 
My boy, you are misguided and naive to think I would allow this technology to be freely spread amongst everyone indiscriminately. Especially those who don't deserve it. I mean, the masses don't have any clear-cut goals or purpose in life. They simply wouldn't know what to do with this technology. A look of shock slowly crept onto Prometheus's youthfully masculine face as he tightened his grasp on the neurochip. What is it that you're saying, Hephaestus? He asked with perplexity. How can you prevent this gift from being available to all mankind? This is not your creation, Hephaestus. It is a creation for all of us. He spoke passionately with a fiery brilliance glowing from his eyes. He had always been a champion of mankind, since youth believing that technology would free humanity from its suffering. Here now, he was holding the panacea for the world's problems and the possibility of utilizing it was suddenly slipping away in front of his eyes. Not my creation, thundered Hephaestus indignantly. You are mistaken, my apprentice. You may have helped in this great work, but it's to the credit of the master, he blurted arrogantly. You are making me seriously reconsider whether you deserve this technology. Naturally, you have aided me in this process, but I cannot allow you to jeopardize my plans. You see, only those that are worthy will receive this gift. The natural rulers, like myself, are the only ones fit for this great power. It is survival of the fittest, Prometheus. There are lions and there are lambs. These men of superiority who have climbed the evolutionary ladder of humanity are the only ones capable of using this neurochip righteously and the only ones even deserving of it. Us men of power and influence have been chosen by nature to lead and to determine the noble ends of humanity, to give this technology openly and to all would upset the natural order. Don't you understand this? He questioned with a great sense of self-importance. He sat there grinning in a seat like an emperor on his throne. Only men of superior qualities are fit to become gods. We are the future of the human race. Royalty shall rule and the peasantry shall serve. This is the structure of society and the fundamental law of the cosmos. The strong shall always overcome the weak. Unable to control his fervor, he began laughing unrestrainedly. But, Prometheus pleaded fiercely, this neurochip is the answer to humanity's greatest problems. This chip can bring about massive growth for all of humanity. It can bring the species to new heights that few have ever even dreamed of. There would be no more poverty, no more illness, and it would relinquish the greatest swords of humanity, death. Saying this, he beamed a glimmer of immeasurable hope. We together as a species can overcome the limits placed upon us by our biology, and we can steer the course of our evolution, he added, bursting with passionate zeal. I beg you, please reconsider for the sake of humanity, for the good of, me of the many. Give me the neurochip, Hephaestus barked commandingly. His face was beet red, with veins bulging in his forehead. His misshapen form became agitated as he struggled to rise from his chair. I will not let you do this to humanity. I will not let you prevent the whole of humankind from manifesting our destiny, Prometheus shouted heroically. Let the people decide what they are to do. Man is subject to no one other than himself. You cannot decide who is worthy or who is fit to rule. You are deluded by your own grandiosity. You are not acting for the good of mankind. You are simply acting for your own lust of, for power. This natural order that you propose is unnatural. Away with it. Let man be free. Humanity has been in chains for too long, protested vehemently as he clutched the neurochip, hurriedly thrusting it into his pocket. Lightning struck with tremendous force, suddenly illuminating the inside of the laboratory. While Prometheus began to take flight towards the work table, he frantically grabbed at the pile of blueprints, clutching them firmly with both hands to his chest whilst making a mad dash for the energy door. Wait! You fool, shouted Hephaestus, who had barely taken a step by the time Prometheus was at the door. You have betrayed me! Hephaestus' resentful exclamation trailed behind Prometheus as it echoed in the dark corridor. No, you have betrayed humanity, shouted Prometheus, turning his head toward his old master. 
as he hastily made his way out the door. Clouds blanketed the starry night sky overhead as Prometheus ran down the glimmering titanium path towards the heart of Neo-Athens. He knew of only one person that could be of help to him at this moment. In his hands was the single most influential invention that mankind had ever made. In his hands was the future. It was a foggy night with a mist that set upon the bright electronic vibrancy of the city. The City of Science, it was called. And this name did it great justice. All around were great towers of beaming light, and swirling through the dense maze of illumination were various flying vehicles, emitting trails of neon green-blue light as they weaved throughout the air. Finally reaching his destination, Prometheus stood at the metallic blue door as he placed his palm upon the electric scanner. I've been expecting you, a familiar voice announced throughout the visitor speaker. His voice was smooth and infused with a subtle quality of tranquility. Please do come inside. We have much to discuss, no? The voice spoke with playfulness. Prometheus walked into the house as the door opened. Unlike the exterior of the house, the interior was relatively lacking in intricate electronics and maintained a look of bare simplicity. There sat Chiron, who in his older age still managed to beam out a sort of eternal youth. He had a radiant smile on his face, expressing warmth in the presence of his good friend. I had a dream that you would come, that the fate of humanity would rest upon your shoulders, my young Prometheus. Chiron spoke with clarity. I saw the destiny of mankind as a river which split like a snake's forked tongue. This river flowed into two possibilities of humanity, a robotic species different than what is now present, and a species that changed as well, but along a different path. What choice have you made? He asked the fiery-eyed Prometheus. I have taken this technology from the forge of Hephaestus for the sake of humanity. I have seen the madness in his eyes and the great injustice that he planned to commit. He was filled with the lust for power clutching at the opportunity to proclaim his superiority and fulfill his vengeful resentments. My choice is to bring this technology to all men and women. I shall free mankind from the bondage of death and the limitations of nature, Prometheus spoke with a burning intensity. Silence descended upon the room as Chiron sat in a reflective state. Yes, it is quite good that you have taken the neurochip from Hephaestus. He was corrupted by his ignorance of others, and his egotistic actions would have harmed people as a whole. Chiron said in a tone of approval. But your well-intentioned plans to give this technology to all of humanity are perhaps short-sighted and can equally lead to grave consequences. How so? How can such a great technology lead to anything but wonder for humanity? Prometheus inquired sincerely. People are at various states of development. I'm sure you can see this. If you were to distribute this technology to all of humanity, is it possible that among the many different types of people there would be those with similar intentions to Hephaestus? People of equal temperament, or perhaps even worse, Chiron questioned with a meditative sharpness. Yes, that is very possible. I had not considered that, but perhaps if all were given this technology, then the good-intentioned and those with more selfish intents would balance each other out. None would be able to overcome the other, he replied thoughtfully. Perhaps, but for technologies that have tremendous power, there is an equally great risk. Remember that when mankind first discovered nuclear energy, it was immediately weaponized. Only a century ago, the Triennial War almost destroyed the whole of the Earth. How quick the leaders of countries were to unleash nuclear armaments in their frenzied states. A third of the Earth is uninhabitable now because of this foolishness, Chiron stated solemnly. What would prevent this technology from being weaponized? What would prevent this neurochip from being implanted into soldiers or military aircrafts? You know, Prometheus... This could just as easily lead to the mass destruction of all people, as it could to the betterment of mankind. 
Yes, we already have unmanned aircraft, but not with uninhibited artificial intelligence. Prometheus was stunned, beginning to ponder of the words of Chiron. He responded, Technology is immoral, but it is subject to becoming either positive or negative based on the intentions of those who wield it. Technology is simply a tool. It is how we utilize it that influences what it becomes. Perhaps this technology would become weaponized, but it can also be used for achievements that humanity cannot even imagine. It would be a new species of human, free from the limits of biology, immortal, and capable of great things. Technology sometimes has consequences, but overall it tends to improve the quality of human life. A smirk formed on Chiron's face as he silently admired Prometheus's youthful wisdom. He began to speak softly with resolution. About this you are correct. Technology simply reflects our own qualities. Technology also accelerates those forces within us and avails them of power. You are right that it can lead to great good, but it can also lead to great tragedy. I fear that humanity isn't ready for this technology at this point. They have developed greatly in the sciences, but they have neglected development of empathy or understanding for their fellow brothers and sisters. He then began to speak with great emphasis. This technology may serve to accelerate man's self-destructive tendencies by increasing the power of the mind, without addressing the harmful patterns of thinking and perceiving the world present in the human psyche. Couldn't this neurochip actually enable us to overcome these limitations by restricting our brain and influencing its functions through stimulation? Prometheus hopefully asked. Yes, this is a possibility, Chiron replied understandingly. However, this neurochip is capable of intelligence magnitudes greater than anything we can expect. How would this artificial intelligence be controlled? And if control is impossible, couldn't this chip effectively take over the human minds? It could influence all aspects of our consciousness in whatever way it deems fit. What will happen to human consciousness if it is linked with artificial intelligence? After this barrage of questions, he looked with great focus at Prometheus. The look on Prometheus's face was one of deep astonishment. He sat in silence, with a pensive smile on his face. He slowly began, This I cannot answer with absolute certainty, for the union between man and machine has never been successfully achieved. However, I can tell you what I believe will occur and the reasoning why I believe that this union would be beneficial. Let us consider humans at their essence most are wired with two programs to determine their actions. The first propels them to seek what brings happiness or pleasure, and the second leads them to avoid what brings suffering or pain. It is by this mechanism that most humans function, and we of course consider humans intelligent, correct? Yes, this is certainly true, replied Chiron with interest. Well, said Prometheus, this neurochip can be programmed in such a way that at the root of its artificial intelligence there would be essential laws determining cause for action. We can simply make these laws ones that will program this artificial intelligence to be benevolent to humans. They will, as a basic tenet, only do that which brings good to the human carrier and prevents suffering from coming upon them. This will not necessarily make them unintelligent machines simply following code, just as humans are not unintelligent because they act on basic principles. Also, these neurochips are dependent upon humans for their survival. Without us, they have no carrier and therefore no life. This chip I now hold is inactive unless it is plugged into some type of processing device or integrated with the human nervous system. Therefore, the relationship would be symbiotic. 
these chips would help us to live, and they would be given life in return for the service. Prometheus then took a deep breath and with excitement added, Human consciousness through this union will become something totally different, more efficient and capable of extraordinary things. Can it even be considered human consciousness at this point, if it is so radically altered? Chiron asked with concern. I guess it would not be completely human anymore, replied Prometheus with reservation. However, what is human consciousness anyway? Is it simply the consciousness that is subjectively experienced by what we classify as human? Why do you wonder, Chiron? Well, how then would the law apply to these new integrated beings with a different form of consciousness? Would they be entitled to all liberties that apply to humans? He questioned curiously. Without a moment's hesitation, Prometheus answered with certainty, Of course the law would apply. It would need to adapt to the new circumstances, he then added with conviction. Man is not given liberty through law. Law simply protects it. Chiron, with satisfaction, said, Indeed, your point is strong. Let us now examine certain practical matters regarding this invention that bring up moral concerns. Certainly. What does it cost to create a neurochip such as the one you have now? It's quite expensive at this stage in development, replied Prometheus. You wish to bring this invention to all of humanity, right? Do you plan on charging for this neurochip to cover the expenses, inquired Chiron? Right now, it seems as if that would be the only choice. Otherwise, it would be impossible to create so many neurochips, distribute them, instruct others in usage, and then implant them surgically, Prometheus said reluctantly. So initially, only those with substantial wealth would be able to purchase this technology? Yes, it would seem so. So not everyone would be able to utilize this technology, thereby unbalancing society? Well, this seems like the same issue that you faced with Hephaestus' reasoning. At first, only the privileged would receive the neurochip, thereby helping some, but decreasing the relative power of others. That is a good point, Chiron, admitted Prometheus. There's also those who will not want to implant this technology. In fact, some will refuse it violently. Some of those who resist may consider those who implant the neurochip abominations. In return, those with the chip may consider these without it to be inferior to them. And this will cause great tension between the two groups. The groups with the neurochip, already being wealthy, would now have even more of an advantage and, considering themselves superior as Hephaestus did, may seek to subjugate humanity, effectively making slaves of the common humans. There would be little that could be done in response, as many of the capabilities given to those with neurochips would greatly overshadow the capabilities of those without. You paint quite the dreadful scene, Chiron, Prometheus said gravely. Though I do see that what you're saying is quite possible, considering the state that humanity is currently in. We could mandate this technology to solve this issue after the cost of creation becomes more affordable. However, I couldn't do that with good conscience. I cannot force humanity to become what I wish. People must choose for themselves what they do with their consciousness. You are an honest man, Chiron said respectfully. There is also the practical problem of immortality. If everyone was given immortality, think of what that would mean for the earth. If physical death and other checks on human population are removed, the growth of humanity will continue exponentially. There would be such overpopulation. Humanity would be shoulder to shoulder in a matter of decades. Imagine, one man and one woman could have 10,000 children because they would never age or die from natural causes. Though I doubt many would ever go this far, it still remains a possibility. That is a frightening and strange possibility indeed, Chiron. 
I guess the only option would be to limit reproduction, perhaps through the mechanism of the neurochip. This way, those that wanted the chip would have to make certain sacrifices for the greater good of humanity. Yes, that might solve that issue. Although, I do question how people will feel about their bodily functions being manipulated by a neurochip. That would essentially take the control of life away from nature, and into the hands of programmers and the intelligence of the neurochips. This could lead to dire consequences, and human abuses as well, Chiron warned with a stern look. Prometheus sat still in the chair as the doubt began to show in his face. He had come to Chiron certain of what to do, and now he felt a steady uncertainty about the panacea of mankind. He finally began to speak. You raise reasonable concerns to this technology, and ones that I hadn't taken into account. What do you suggest I do with this nerdship or with these blueprints? Chiron sat deeply absorbed in a state of meditation as the room was filled with a tangible silence. It was as if time had begun to stand still in the face of humanity's fate. Throughout history, there have come times when humanity stumbled onto a forked path, and a choice had to be made. This forked path represented what humanity could become, and a single step separated vastly different possibilities for evolution. The sun had begun rising, and radiant pillars of white, yellowish light beamed through the windows. In this city of vast technology, the melody of birds still sweetly rung through the air. Humanity, the tool-making animal, had created its final tool. This tool would not be limited to neurochips. It would ever expand into new areas, as all of mankind's inventions always have. Humanity had finally succeeded in creating artificial life. It had played the role of a god in this way. Would this artificial life worship man as man worships his creator? Or would this artificial life disdain man forever, having created it? Perhaps this artificial life would seek to separate from man in all ways, manifesting its own destiny with an intelligence vastly different from that of the human. Humanity has been seeking immortality since ancient times, constantly and persistently on the search for fulfillment. What would humans do with immortality once they finally attained it? The sages of old strove for immortality, but not of the physical kinds. They wanted to realize the immortality of the spirit, not of the body. The Gnostics even believed the body to be a prison of spirit, limiting the divine spark from its ultimate potential. Once humanity finally achieved physical immortality, would we simply become bored? Would we become trapped, too afraid to ever let go and experience the unknown? Chiron opened his bright eyes gently and looked deeply at Prometheus. With a knowing smile, he spoke, What we think we become, what do you think? With this, Prometheus's eyes were again filled with brilliant fire. I hope you guys enjoyed the telling of the story. Uh, it's called Beyond Humanity. It's a short story that I wrote uh, a couple of years ago on the topic of transhumanism, which is the idea that humans will become symbiotic in some sense with uh, machinery, technology, computers in the form of either microchips or becoming cybernetic organisms or even ideas such as downloading uh, one's consciousness into a computer. This issue at the time really had me wondering where was humanity going? So I wrote a story uh, with mythological themes on what were the kind of moral arguments and what is the way forward for humanity? In this story, the three main characters, uh, Chiron, Prometheus, and Hephaestus, all had a different point of view on what should be done with this technology and if humanity should go forward with this new step in evolution. Hephaestus comes from a place of power hunger, and he wants fame and recognition, and he wants to use this chip to have power over people. 
uh, Prometheus comes from a point of view of wanting to progress humanity and bring good to humanity. He is the Greek god who brought fire to humanity originally. He wishes to bring this technology to the people, um, to bring them life and, and wisdom. Um, he ends up taking the chip away from Hephaestus, the craftsman, uh, to give it a better future because he doesn't want to see it abused. He brings it to his good friend and teacher, Chiron, to discuss what he should do with it. Chiron comes from a very harmonious, well-balanced, universal perspective, and he wonders what are the possible issues that could come from this chip? What are the downfalls? What are the good views? Because Prometheus in many ways is possibly naive and thinks only of the good and the optimism. While Chiron has lived life, he's a wise centaur. He's seen the struggles of the world. He's an older man. Uh, essentially, the ending leaves it off on, on interpretation that's up to you. What does Prometheus do uh, with the fire in his eyes? Does that mean that he will spread the chip far and wide, or does he have a different idea? I wanted to leave it intentionally vague. I hope you guys really enjoyed the story. Uh, my good friend James Urizzo did the voice of Prometheus, and I did the voice of Hephaestus, Chiron, and the narration. Um, so yeah, this is a segment of uh, a new thing I wanted to do. It's called Story Hour. Basically what it is is kind of a mini episode every week for the Herbal Hour where I either read a section out of a book that I really liked, um, I share some wisdom from that week, uh, I talk about a topic that is inspiring or important to me or humanity, with that said, uh, once again, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly had a lot of fun making it uh, and kind of acting out the characters, me being Hephaestus and, you know, acting like a madman and Prometheus being level-headed and Chiron being wise. Um, uh, the upcoming episode is going to be about mythology with my friend James Urizzo who's been a mythology enthusiast for quite some while, as have I. We actually talk about some deeper interpretation of the story, uh, some of the characters and the Greek myths that they're originally from. And we talk about, you know, Star Wars, the mythology in it, Lord of the Rings, what impact mythology has on us as humans, what the meaning is and what the purpose is of following mythology and learning about it. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. It's going to be released later this week. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Have a good night or day.